Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. There are about 74 million baby boomers in the U.S. By 2030, all baby boomers will be 65 years or older, and this is according to the U.S. Census Bureau. And in that year, for the first time in history, it's projected that seniors will outnumber children in the U.S. As for life expectancy, it has steadily increased. In 2020, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the life expectancy for women was 80.5 years and 75 years for men. A while ago, I did an episode on the psychology of aging, and that is still up and available uh, at uh, my Podbean site. But this episode is on the physical science of aging. Now, I'm not a science geek, but I have to admit that I found it pretty interesting when doing the research for this podcast. Okay, first, let's go back to some high school biology. Our bodies are made up of cells, the basic building blocks of all living things. The information center of the cell is its nucleus, which contains 23 pairs of chromosomes. That's in every one of our cells. Chromosomes are comprised of our DNA and proteins, And our very specific DNA, our genome, if you will, is made up of small sections called genes. In order to function well, good cells need to divide and multiply. Many factors can affect that activity, or indeed any of the functions within the cell. And many of the adverse effects occur as we age. For example, while our cells can self-repair when attacked, either internally or externally, there can be mutations to our DNA, and that can impair all aspects of a cell's function, particularly as we get older. The ends of the chromosomes, comparable to the sealed end of a shoelace, they keep our chromosomes stable, but they can shorten, and that can ultimately lead to the chromosome no longer being able to divide, which in turn can speed up the aging or disease process. Now, of course, all of these have very scientific names, but I chose not to use them because why confuse the issue? But of course, you can check these out yourself, or maybe you already know them. So damaged stem cells, the source of new cells, can adversely affect the cell's ability to divide. The proteins in our chromosomes have to be very specifically shaped and folded in a very specific pattern, and those characteristics can change with age. The inability of a cell to use the oxygen we breathe in, which produces the energy in the cell, can in turn produce so-called free radicals. Now, that's if the cell is not working right, it can produce free radicals, but where that was once thought to be harmful, free radicals are now thought to possibly have some benefits. So there has to be a balance. There can also be chemical changes in the cell nucleus that adversely affect the production of proteins. There can be a negative response to certain nutrients, and there can be problems with cells' ability to communicate with each other. A cell that can no longer divide becomes senescent. 
That's S-E-N-E-S-C-E-N-T. Early in senescence, these cells support crucial functions such as embryonic tissue development and later wound repair. They also send signals in the, um, that cause women to go into labor and initiate live birth. But as they stop dividing, they accumulate in the body and release harmful molecules that contribute to arthritis, osteoporosis, glaucoma, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, and many other age-related conditions and afflictions. Senescent cells were recently shown to be a major common factor in fatalities in coronavirus-infected mice, which possibly explains the increased susceptibility of older people to COVID-19. Drugs or natural compounds that counteract the negative effects of senescent cells are called senolytics. Research on them to date has been mostly uh, very successful testing in mice, and it's just starting to be uh, used in human trials to determine if senolytics can slow the aging process and or prevent cancer. To date, the most promising senolytic is physetin, or physetin, F-I-S-E-T-I-N. It's a compound found in small amounts of many fruits and vegetables, including strawberries, apples, persimmons, grapes, and onions. One problem with it has been that it's rapidly absorbed in the digestive system before making it into the bloodstream, so scientists are now combining it with a form of fiber that's isolated from the spice fenugreek. Remember, though, the use of senolytics in humans is still in the trial stages, including at the Mayo Clinic. And eating a huge fruit salad seasoned with fenugreek is not going to keep you from aging. So what about the differences in aging between men and women? Well, everywhere in the world, women live longer than men. There are hypotheses about why this is true such as women tend to seek out health care more often and more regularly than men. Men perform in more high-risk activities than do women and so forth. But there are also some biological reasons about aging. First, about how we look. Mm. It has to do with collagen, a protein found in skin and connective tissues. It's what makes our skin elastic, which is associated with how young we look. The human body loses collagen as it ages, which is why skin takes on a different appearance. Now, men lose collagen earlier and more consistently throughout life. Women tend to keep more until menopause, and then we lose it at a dramatic rate. So while men slowly gradually look older, women have a more marked change in how old we look which is why suddenly we look in the mirror and we go, oh my God, there's my mother, or even where's my grandmother. Then there are our, uh, are our hormones based on our gender biology. Male hormones are called androgens, and the primary androgen, testosterone, helps regulate muscle mass, bone mass, and overall physical function. As it drops off, men naturally become weaker and less able to perform physical feats. 
They also experience increased belly fat, problems with balance, and thus are at higher risk of falls and more injuries. And lower testosterone can contribute to a number of functional, psychological, and physical disorders. The more testosterone levels drop in men, the shorter the lifespan. In women, androgens exist. They play a role in the production of estrogens, which are the primary female hormones. So declining androgen levels lead to declining estrogen levels in women and are linked to impaired sexual function, lessened physical performance, weight gain, cognitive declines, emotional changes, and bone loss. All of these functions decline as estrogen production drops. During the first year of menopause, females lose about 80% of their estrogen production. So once again, males make slow progress toward the problems of advancing age in the loss of hormones, while postmenopausal females take a dramatic step. Now, the one difference in aging between men and women that I really didn't know and I found fascinating is that our brains are younger than men's. So here I'm going to extrapolate, eliminating the very academic and scientific terms, from a 2018 study done by researchers at the Washington University in St. Louis, that's what it's called, and the study is uh, entitled Persistent Metabolic Youth in the Aging Female Brain. Quote, Human brain aging is characterized by varying trajectories. Some individuals succumb to rapid cognitive decline, whereas other individuals retain their cognitive abilities as they age beyond the typical human lifespan. Accordingly, it is important to understand the factors that influence brain aging, particularly in the context of an aging population. In humans, normal aging is associated with a decline in brain metabolism, which simply means how it works, what its functions are. The report continues as I am extrapolating. One potential view of the normal metabolic changes in the aging brain is that it reflects a gradual cessation of ongoing developmental and maturational processes. In comparison with other primates, The human brain has a high degree of neoteny or neoteny. In other words, a prolonged persistence and maintenance of developmental characteristics. Quote, factors that influence brain development, such as sexual differentiation, might also be critical in determining the trajectory of brain aging. Sex differences influence structural aspects of brain development in children and during early adulthood, and also delay developmental changes in cerebral blood flow during early adulthood, raising the possibility that the adult female brain retains more youthful, i.e. neotenous, features compared with the adult male brain. Specifically in females, there is less aging-related change in genes related to energy production and protein synthesis, though increased aging-related gene expression related to the immune system and reactive changes to environmental stressors. Continuing the quote, Data derived from a cohort of 205 cognitively normal individuals, 20 to 82 years old. 
we developed a machine learning algorithm on these data to derive metabolic brain age. By comparing this metabolic brain age to an individual's actual age, the machine learning algorithm can determine whether an individual's brain appears metabolically younger or older than it should. Regional PET imaging data include measurements of regional total glucose use, oxygen consumption, and cerebral blood flow. And then there's a lot of scientific and, and statistical language that I don't understand, but here's the crux of what they found. Quote, our results demonstrate that from an in vivo, that's in a living body, metabolic view, throughout the adult lifespan, the typical female brain is more youthful. In other words, metabolically developing than the male brain. There's no indication in the data that this sex difference in metabolic brain age varies between young and older adults. Though it should be noted that our study contains relatively fewer data points in middle-aged individuals. That would be 35 to 50 years old. Our results, this is of course still from the uh, report, suggest that female brain neoteny is present in young adults and persists throughout the adult lifespan, suggesting that sex differences during brain development set the stage for subsequent trajectories of brain aging." Close quote. So, we women with the younger brains should nevertheless be aware that our brain cells, which normally fight off infection and repair tissue, begin to attack healthy brain cells. This causes inflammation and can lead to cognitive deficits and disease. But, adopting healthy anti-inflammatory lifestyle habits can slow and even reverse the process. A March 22, 2022 article in U.S. News & World Report titled Six Strategies for Aging Successfully features an interview with Jennifer Eilshire, an associate professor of gerontology, the study of aging, at the Leonard Davis School of Gerontology at the University of Southern California. Alshire says that while some physical and mental decline is uh, inevitable with advancing age, research suggests such degradation isn't as severe as previously thought. The belief that there is a steady downward spiral in both physiological and physical abilities as one ages is, she says, outdated. It's a paradigm shift that's happened maybe in the last 10 years, Alshire is quoted as saying. Many baby boomers, people born between 1946 and 1964, are maintaining good fitness and high levels of cognitive, cognitive health as they are aging, she says. So even though their book, Successful Aging, was written in 1998, experts in gerontology still use authors John W. Rowe and Robert L. Kahn's definition of successful aging as a benchmark. And they defined successful aging as being free of disease or disability, maintaining high physical and cognitive abilities, interacting with others in meaningful ways, 
and the strategies for aging successfully remain pretty much the same. And I think most have already know this, right? Continue to do the activities you've always enjoyed, adapting as necessary. Keep learning and growing, learning new skills, or even working again in areas that not only interest you, but also challenge you. Eat well. Many recommend the Mediterranean diet. Exercise, 150 minutes a week is recommended. And here, I confess, I am guilty of, of not doing this. Get enough sleep and maintain social contacts, especially with younger people. I mean, after all, we have younger brains, right? <laughs> Healthy aging also apparently is influenced by our attitudes. There have been a number of studies that suggest optimism, the belief that good things will happen, has a beneficial impact on longevity. A nurse's health study now, that's a project, Nurses Health Studies, all capitalized, and I will uh, post the link to that organization on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. It's a project that's a collaboration between Harvard University, Harvard School of Public Health, and uh, Brigham and Women's Hospital. So this study set out to determine if optimism could be associated with healthy aging. In 2004, more than 33,000 women with no major chronic diseases at baseline self-reported via a questionnaire, a mailed questionnaire, their own degree of optimism. And then that was validated. How? I can't tell you. Eight years later, in 2012, it was found that more than 20% of the women fulfilled the definition of healthy aging in 2012. After adjusting for sociodemographic factors and depression, the most optimistic women had a 23% greater likelihood of healthy aging. Associations were similar in white and black participants, by the way, but the sample of black women was only 354, which is really a little less than 1% of the total population. I recently found a lovely little book of poetry on aging by seven women poets, members of the Sheboygan, Wisconsin Grand Avenue Poetry Collective. This poem, Crane Mountain, Every Mountain, is by Marianne Hurt. Some days you just take one step, then the next, up and over and through ladders, boulders, stick out roots, Believe in tendons, bone, ligaments. Know your heart keeps pumping where it's supposed to go. You climb higher, trust some invisible faith till all that sweat baptizes your almost doubting self. And you get up, take another step, breathe deeply, and begin again. The science of aging. Some things we can deter or positively impact some we can't, some we can adapt to, we can begin again. I'm reminded of a revised version of the serenity prayer that I like. Give me coffee to change what I can and wine to accept what I cannot. Thanks for listening. Resources will be posted on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. 
I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.